Hey everybody, welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined by our regular co-hosts, Lucas and Ken. And this week, we are joined by Liam Murphy of AA and of the Bad Guys Pod. So, how's everyone doing? Good. The Mets haven't totally sucked on Sunday yet, so... Yeah, All right. I'm, I'm doing good. Had a terrible night out at the bars, but, you know, happy. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we're going to have to change our format a little bit now that the season is over for most of the minor league teams. But we'll keep promote extend trade because that's something that we can do year-round. And I was looking things up, and apparently on this date... In 1504, David, the statue of David, was unveiled in La Piazza della Signora in Florence. So, that got me thinking about all of the Davids in Mets history. And there have been a couple of good ones. So, I think this is kind of easy, given the, the, the big names and everything. But, of these following Davids, who are we going to promote? Who are we going to extend and who are we going to trade? Liam, if you're not familiar, it's basically F. Mary Kill. I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't, so. <laughs> All right, so we have David Cohn, uh, David Wright, uh, and Dave Kingman. Uh, oh, this will be fun. I, 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 <laughs> I like... kind of want to trade both Cohn and Kingman. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for personal reasons. I'm like half tempted to say trade David Wright because I was one of those people who thought we should have traded him way back when, when the team sucked. But, you know, objectively. Get in the, get in the corner. <laughs> get in your corner. Your same objectively, corner. it was the right move. Listen, objectively, there's a lot of right moves, but we, we're not objective here. Uh, <laughs> we don't trade David Wright. All right. Yeah, fine. All right, so are we all going to extend David Wright? Yeah, probably. I think so. <laughs> I mean, fuck David Cohn for throwing a no hitter with the Phillies, uh, Phillies, Yankees, and not us. So, uh, trade trade him the fuck out of here, and then. Uh, Didn't David Cohn have something in the news recently? Probably. I yeah, think probably. it was like something bad. Probably. Old man yells cloud. <laughs> Wait, did Dave Kingman ever like? Was he ever outed as a racist? I it'd be a thing that I could see with Dave Kingman. Probably. Mm. Right? Probably uh, there are a lot, no shortage of you know screw Dave Kingman stories out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well documented asshole. thing that happened. Right, right. Who was it that Ron called out in his book who got real pissy? Oh, that was um, Rich Staff Randy, loyal follower Randy Dykstra. <laughs> Dykstra, right? That's who I'm thinking of. Okay, I mean, Ron- everybody knows Randy Dykstra is an asshole. Well, right, of course, it's comedy. Freely admits it. <laughs> Still it. mad at him for it. skipping the arc that one time. <laughs> one second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so here we go. David Cohen has some uh, cocaine and some sexual accusations. Ah, as one does from time to time, you know? Uh, cocaine's whatever, but... Cocaine yeah. is a hell of a drug. It is. Drugs are a hell of a drug. Sorry, I just ran into my cousin. <laughs> Oh, at the end of the 1991 season, he was accused of rape by women whom with oh, he no. spent the night. Ooh, this Mets was David general Cone, manager, right? yeah, Mets yeah, general yeah, manager Frank Cashin <laughs> called Cone's room and told Cone that he had a problem. David Cashin said, "You need to know that you've been accused of rape." 
the charges Why? were eventually dro- the charges were dropped, but that's uh, one blunt way of uh, fun. Hey, fun so call. I was flipping through my filings and apparently, uh, <laughs> I was going through my voicemails this morning, you know, and Rick I Cashin it. had like fourteen kids or something, so he really couldn't waste time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess it teaches oh you efficiency, if nothing else. Can we can we amend trade to punt into sun? Yeah, so so not only is he probably a terrible human being, but again, he threw no hitter for the Yankees. So uh, into yeah. the sun with him, he'll make I mean, nice a heap. I'm not a huge Yankee hater, to be I, honest. I mean, I'm more it just enjoy- takes a special kind of person to make us want to promote Dave Kingman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally promote Dave Kingman. To be honest, how many, like, here's a question: love- If you put Dave Kingman in modern baseball, how many dongs would he hit? At least uh, not many. At least 40. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying if you, like, took the player Dave Kingman, right, with, like, modern training or whatever else, but with his style of play, he'd hit, like, 50. Yeah, but his OBP would still be, like... He'd be bad. He'd be funny. <laughs> 298. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who would be, like, the modern-day Dave Kingman? I'm trying to think... Adam like Dunn, a... right? That was... Yeah, so... it'd be, like, Adam yeah. Dunn or, like... But Adam could, Dunn walked up, like, a lot still, yeah. though. Yeah, true. Good Mark Trumbo. Mark Trombo is probably the closest one. CJ Crone, maybe. Um, I was going to say Gallo, but Gallo is suddenly a monster this year. So yeah, mm-hmm. and he also walked a lot. So yeah, Trombo or or Crone. Chris Davis, did he walk a lot? He walked a lot when he was good. Mm. I need it's CJ hard, Crone to just to start smoking cigs on the diamond and just start like <laughs> kicking people. <laughs> <laughs> just go full heel. <laughs> The bad boy. He's on the Rays. They're not allowed to have that much character, you know? Uh, Oh, yeah. I forgot he's on the Rays. I keep thinking he's on the Angels. We've really lost the thread here, haven't we? We're we're, extending rights. We're promoting Kingman, and we're punting Cone into the sun. Yes, absolutely. Would it change anything if I said that David Cone had the most war of all these players? No. No. Okay. I'll see you, Rob. Is it surprising to anybody? No. No. I mean, Wright is one of those – I understand the arguments both for and against him into the Hall of Fame based on war. It's like, yeah, your peak was clearly good enough and you got screwed over by injuries. Is that a criteria and we care about for the Hall? I don't know. But for this purposes, I don't really care that Cohen has more war. The question is, does it really matter who we send in the Hall of Fame if people just go, yeah, he was really good? <laughs> True. Not really. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big yeah. – he was like emblematic of the time. Let's mm-hmm. put him in. I'm a big hall guy. What do you want from me? That's fair. <laughs> All right. So, since we last recorded last Sunday, Brooklyn went on to make their playoffs. They won the McNamara division. Uh, they swept the Stanley Yankees in their very last series, and they made it to the playoffs for the first time since 2012. And their three game set. Um, that took place this week. They played the Hudson Valley Renegades, and it was a pretty exciting series, uh, series overall. Game one didn't go Brooklyn's way. They lost five to four. Uh, right-hander Michael, Michelle Otanez, he is wild, not good command, and he led off the fifth inning by issuing a walk. Then he fell behind three and oh in the next batter. And Greg Jones, who is the Tampa Rays first round draftee this year, he had the green light and he swung on a pitch, you know, a 3-0 pitch right down the middle. And 
hit a home run and gave Hudson Valley the lead and they wouldn't relinquish it. Yep. Game two, uh, a nail biter. Um, Cyclones won it. They evened the series at one and one. Basically, Nathan Jones started for Brooklyn. He put up zeros for the first three innings. Matthew Allen took a mound after him. He tossed two more shutout innings. A rehabbing Jed Lowry, he hit a solo homer, and that gave Brooklyn the lead, and that was pretty much all the offense for the rest of the game. As Corey Gaccioni, Gaccioni, excuse me, and Nelson Leone, they finished the shutout. And Brooklyn actually had a no-hitter going for 7.1 innings, which was pretty crazy because the game was just going so fast. It's like, before you even knew it, it's like, wait a minute, there's a no-hitter happening? But uh, Hale Alexander, he hit a dying quail into, like, the outfield. It fell between Jake Magnum, Mangum. Why do I use this? Jake Mangum, Ranford I think Down. it's because we all want it to be Magnum I because know, that'd I be know. so much better. But basically it fell in a triangle in, you know, very shallow outfield that everybody missed and it broke up the no-hitter. Game right three on. was a back-and-forth game, and it ended with Brooklyn celebrating with a little bit of bubbly. Brooklyn came from behind. They tied things at 3-3 in the fourth. And then it remained tied until the ninth inning when Yoel Romero, he walked. He went to second base on a sacrifice bunt. And then Ranfi Adone hit a double. And that was that. And they won, and they're advancing. And Real Brooklyn, important they bunted there. Please say a little bit of the bubble. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but... Really, it felt like with that game, it was just a matter of time before Brooklyn won because they had pressure on the Renegades all night. They had guys in scoring position in the 6th, in the 7th, in the 8th. So it was just basically a matter of time before they finally broke through. And while they were doing all that, the Brooklyn bullpen was dominant. Uh, Nick McDonald and Andrew Edwards, they combined to pitch four scoreless innings. And they allowed just one run and a walk while striking out nine. Oh, please excuse the background noise. I am sitting on my stoop. That's fine. There's there's always background noise on our podcast. It's kind of kind of funny the bullpen dominated because that's what your concern was going into this series about the Cyclones. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little unsold on the pitching, mm. and they, you know, between the almost no hitter on game two yeah. and the bullpen dominance in game three, they really held up, you know, there into the bargain. Cool. Uh, could I advocate for a weird nickname right now? Yeah, sure. Uh-oh. Uh, Corey Caccione, or however you, how do you pronounce this name? Caccione, I guess. Okay. Since you mispronounced it, I'm just going to call him Nielke from now on. <laughs> All right. That works. I mean, I would, I would, if you, you're going to call him Gnocchi, I'd imagine he's like kind of short and tubby. Is that accurate or? Mm, probably not. Yeah. No. Uh, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> too late now. I said it it's in the universe. <laughs> All right. Well, now um, they're going to be taking on the Lowell Spinners in the championship in another best of three series. Brooklyn went four and five against them in the regular season. So even though they lost, it was a losing record against them. They're still pretty evenly matched. Um, the spinners were third in OPS, sixth in ERA, seventh in hits allowed, seventh in strikeouts, eighth in walks allowed. 
as opposed to Brooklyn's eighth in OPS, fourth in ERA, third in hits allowed, sixth in strikeouts, fifth in walks. So Brooklyn has the slight pitching advantage and the spinners have the slight um, hitting advantage. Who are the who are the spinners affiliated with? Boston. Don't they have a ton of prospects? Yeah. If you look okay. at that team, it is it is stacked. Some of them are putting up the numbers. Some of them the are yeah, not putting up great numbers, but they're still considered really good prospects. There's let's see. I mean good prospects uh, by the Red Sox standard, which is probably the worst farm in baseball. Yeah. There's Gilberto Jimenez. He's uh one of Boston's top outfielders. He's hitting, he hit 359, 393, 470 in 59 games with the spinners. Uh, Nick Decker is another outfielder, top prospect in their system. He hit 247, 328, 471. Don't they Nick, have like a random pitcher? Oh, they have uh, a bunch of pitchers. Bunch is of that pitchers. where Groom is doing his rehab? Yep. There's Jason Groom is doing his rehab. Uh, he only Jay has Jay Groom. Like, it's Jay Groom. Excuse me. Excuse me. Jay Groom. Uh, he's coming back from Tommy John. He's doing his rehab there. He only has like two innings under his belt so far with them, but you know he could be a, a big wild card in the series. Uh, Ryan Zephyrjohn and Noah Song. That's Boston's third and fourth round picks, respectively, this season. Oh yeah, Noah Song's really good. That's the guy yes. I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Noah Song. He is the um, Navy pitcher. Where there was a lot of. Yeah, there's oh, questions about yeah, a lot of questions about his army service and whether or not it would be deferred or not, and how long it would take before he would be able to pitch professionally. But, but he got a deferment or whatever the case was, and he fell down to the fourth round, and Boston picked him up, and that's a big signing for them. According to player un, unidentified player evaluator, he is very good. <laughs> he is very good. Yes, I mean he is uh, arguably a first round talent. Not maybe front of the first round of the draft, but, you know, back half of the first round of this draft. Did he have the deferment before? He didn't have it during the draft? or No, he didn't have he did. it, which okay, is, that's why, which is why there was that's And then the of... Trump administration changed the way they do it now, so they kind of screwed him on it. There's he like, be the uh, first like a and only Trump. person to be screwed by Trump. God damn it. Back to back dongs for Ramos and Cano. That's cool. Huh. The Mets are playing right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have cable at my house, so, like, I I only, like, watch games when, like, I notice they're on, and I'm like, ah, oh, let me put that on real quick. <laughs> All right. Other prospects that are on spenders are Cameron Cannon, who is a great name. There's shortstop Anthony Flores. There's shortstop Matthew Lugo. Third baseman Nick Norcutt. So it's a it's a at least with names anyway it's a pretty stacked team as opposed to the Cyclones who are yeah. not so much. Didn't the Mets have a Cameron Cannon or like a they had a Cannon relief pitcher at one point who wasn't very good I don't remember who. If your last name is Cannon and you're thro- and you're not throwing like above ninety five he did like a failure to your name. Yes. Okay. Kenan Chadwick. He retired. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, I don't know. What do you guys think of Brooklyn's chances? I, obviously, I'm rooting for them. I want to see them win. Mm-hmm. 
Brooklyn must win. Brooklyn must win. That is going to be the title of this podcast. Uh, well, what are they going to do without rehab all-star Judd Lowry? Lowry, well, Lowry, whatever. Lowry. Lowry. Everyone's going to have to pick it up. Yeah. Who is he playing over, Ritter or, or was someone else? Yeah, sitting? Ritter's been DHing and um, Lowry was was playing second. Luka I Ritter mean, looked okay when I saw him. Yeah, he's uh, – I feel like he's – he reminds me of – what was his name? God damn it. He's a very Italian player that was drafted a couple of years ago. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Stella? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, not that guy. Uh, what's his first name? Vinny? Vinny Sierra. Yep. Yeah, that's Oh, him. God. Yeah. He was like he, the guy we thought would kind of be like McNeil as well, but wasn't. Right, 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 right. That didn't exactly work out. But Ritter gives me those vibes, too. A kind of underrated, scrappy-ish second baseman. Mm-hmm. Who, That's good contact. Yeah, he, he, he's he's better than you give him credit for. One of those kinds of players. I don't know how far he's going to make it. Probably not very. But, I mean, he walks a lot, which is a good eye, which is but a good skill to a lot, Walking a lot in the Penn League is like... Right, I mean, it's... This is also, like, roughly equivalent to the, the guys he was facing in, uh, mm-hmm. at Wichita. I never know how to judge that, right? Cause you, cause walk, it's like, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's like, okay, you clearly have an eye to not swing at all the crap people are throwing you in the pen league, but it's also probably not super informative. Well, you yeah, know, Carson a... Sistuli turned that into a, a major league job, so you know. <laughs> Sorry. And his, what do you call it? Damn his OBP is about 100 points above his average. So that's, if nothing else, the guy's getting on base, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, even if he's yeah. hitting like 200, 250, whatever it is. Well, I mean, maybe they'll be fine without Larry then. Yeah. I mean, they won, what was it? They went 43 and 30 in the regular season without him, so... Mm. All they need to do is just win two games. How skinny did Lowry look, by the way? Yeah, he's not a big guy, and he I've, didn't. I've, uh, I, I, I think I said to Jared uh, at the game on what was it Monday, Thursday? I don't know. Thursday. It was Thursday. That he he looked kind of like emaciated. Emaciated. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, geez. I've heard he's lost mass. He looks he looks thin. Like, really. I mean, that's not surprising when you have a lower body injury for that yeah, long. Really you mean a whole left side injury? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you, but better put, when you are Chet Lowry. It makes it sound like he had like a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm exaggerating like, a little bit. But <laughs> no, but like when they go like, oh, his whole left side is like bad. Like, what? He didn't look particularly impressive. Uh, I mean, outside of his home run, he didn't yeah, look I, particularly I impressive. Um, the the defense looks like it's Baker, what are you doing? still, you know, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not totally surprising when you miss the whole year. Yeah, you're going to be rusty, you know. You're not going to get anything out of him this year, but next year I'm pretty comfortable with him as a, as the starting third baseman. Like, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm, Give him I'm, five months with Barwis. I would oh, rather... <laughs> especially when you have McNeil and Davis who can fill in, you know? 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so. you, you probably want to get Davis into the lineup more often than not. So. You, I think you t- we've had this discussion before. Yeah, like yeah. you, you kind of, you know, having Lowry isn't a bad fit for next year, assuming he actually gets on the field and doesn't have a right side, a right half injury. <laughs> I'm excited to see all of the uh, all of the corner infield guys t- next year. Uh huh. All of them. Uh huh. I don't know how that's going to work. Does that include? Does that include Cheech? Oh no. <laughs> I forgot Cheech existed. Uh, yeah, so did I. I was looking. And I, I was up. honestly happier. I was looking something up earlier today, and I was like, "Wow, I completely forgot that he even played this season." He was like a double A, right? And yeah, bad. Yeah, I think they promoted him for like a week and then sent him back down. That relationship has soured. Mm. Once again, we've lost the thread. <laughs> well. That's that's we were, we were pretty much done talking about this series anyway. Um, we'll take. Do you a guys want to? Oh. Well, what? I don't. I'm not used to taking breaks. <laughs> yes, we uh, we have to take breaks. I yeah. understand this. That's all right though. The the breaks. Uh, the, the the one commercial for the one show. This the the lady has such a good voice. I like listening to just the commercial. It's better than our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break. And when we are back, we will talk a little bit more in depth about Brett Beatty and Matthew Allen, both of whom are on the Brooklyn roster and hopefully will be big contributors to their series against Lowell. So we'll be back in just one second. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back. I'm Steve Seipa. This is from Complex to Queens, and I'm joined by... Lucas Vlahos, Ken Lavin, and Liam Murphy. So, um, with the exception of you, Lucas, I think we've all seen Beatty and Allen. Is that correct? Yep. I've watched videos. Mm. I've seen GIFs. <laughs> GIFs. GIFs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, um, let's let's go over Beatty first. Um, I saw him a lot in Kingsport. I don't remember. I don't think I saw him in... No, I did see him one game in Brooklyn. But I know for you guys, his couple of games up here were your first experiences with him. So what do you guys think overall? Um, Liam, go ahead. No, you go first, Ken. You're, you have seniority here. I, I really just don't know what to make of him yet. The only thing I can definitively say is he looked completely gassed. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the longest summer of his life, so. Which is a common thing in draftees. Um, 
I also could probably say that when he gets a pitch on the inner half, it probably looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Just how the swing is geared and uh, the the rotation he gets. But one of the big things I took away from seeing him is that um, he's going to have to work to keep his lower body and his upper body in, in sync. Because that was basically what was happening on each swing is, you know, the foot would land and then he'd be kind of slapping at it with the, the upper body. I, I will I, I, say that's like a – I think that's a pretty common fatigue-related timing issue for power hitters. Yeah, so, so that, that's why, like I say, the only thing I can tell for sure is that he probably – is exhausted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, for me, I just don't think he knows where the bat head is going. Like, like it's, it's really, it's really fast through the zone. Well, not uh, well. It, it's a. It, he generates a lot of swing, but I just don't think he has any idea where the hell the bat head's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, which is reasonable. He's always going to be power over hit. Yeah. Um. Did you guys see him play any defense? I, I don't think I got a single chance. I don't, yeah, I'm trying to, like, think, and I ended up having to leave the game in the eighth inning because I was up since, like, 3 a.m. that day. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there were no, like, grounders to third that, like, you would actually get, like, a nice view at his defense or his hands. Yeah, so Steve's probably the uh, resident expert on Brett Batty, the fielder. From from seeing him in Kingsport, um, the he could be kind of lackadaisical. Uh, you know, there were certain throws that you know were on point. Others were, you know, he didn't really put enough zip on it, and either he didn't get the the, the call at first, or it was closer than um, it should have been. He made either one or two errors, just kind of like a basic, you know, through the legs, um, bad hop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, that's whatever. It happens to everybody. Um, right. What else? I mean, the, there was him. like the concern, like one of the things I saw people worrying about when he was drafted is that he's got like zero chance to stick at third. And it doesn't sound like that's the case based on no, that. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any worry of him moving off of third anytime soon, especially not as a prospect. I mean, maybe, you know, when he's like a 30-year-old or something, but mm-hmm. that's well beyond our, you know, right. concern here. Um, He's pretty... He's pretty thick. He's pretty filled in. I don't think that he's going to be getting much bigger or stronger or, you know, adding more mass or anything. Good mass. So it's just one of those things like he'll have to maintain his, you know, he's not bad bodied or anything, but he just is going to have to stay, you know, stay in shape. And I don't think there should be any problems. Every time I hear about a prospect packing on mass, I think of Always Sunny when Mac just got (laughs) fat for one season. (laughs) Fight milk. <laughs> I'm accumulating mass. Bye, bodyguards. <laughs> I mean, I would hope if if the ma- if the weight is going to be an issue, I would hope they've learned a couple lessons from Dom Smith, and maybe they they give Beatty <coughs> more tools than they did Smith for for main- helping him maintain his weight. We've talked about this on the pod before too, but let's um, be honest. Do you actually think they do that? No. Okay. <laughs> Trying to be somewhat optimistic. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that weight or anything like that will be much of an issue. Just as long as he stays in shape and, you know, mm-hmm. 
most players, it seems to have, most players seem to have, you know, no problems with that, so. It's also not uncommon for dudes to come in in much better shape after their draft year, so. Yeah, Yeah, I mean. It might be something we need to reevaluate. Yeah, like, think about 18-year-old you. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) That's a piece of shit. (laughs) I mean, I was in pretty good shape, but, you know. You know. Hate to flex. <laughs> Weird flex, well, but okay. Yeah. Well, I was we also are... 50 pounds lighter at the time. <laughs> I would say that we are all cautiously optimistic about Beatty. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think, though, that we are all um, wowed, maybe, by Matthew Allen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. very impressed. He pitched the game during the regular season, and then he pitched the game in the postseason. All three of us saw him as well. And he looked better than I thought he would. You know, the report was, you know, he sits in the mid-90s. Um, he was doing that. He has a, a great curveball. We know that. And he threw it um, in the at least the regular season game that you guys saw. He has uh, an okay changeup, but it's still kind of in development. And I think that the bunch of changeups that he threw in the postseason game that we saw showed that he's made a lot of uh, lot of development that changeup because it looked pretty damn good. That's great. Yeah, it was like uh, the game that Liam and I saw, the regular season game. He threw like a handful of good ones and then like a hand or like one or two good ones and then like one or two that weren't great. It was like super encouraging to go back for the postseason game and see him throwing like more that looked like the good ones. Yeah, yeah, I got into a little bit of an argument with somebody I know about whether or not it flashed above average. We'll We'll not out that person. But yeah, I would say it flashed like above average. Like fifty five, which is great for like an eighteen year old. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's, he's capable of throwing a good one. He ha- he, he's going to come down to consistency. You know, he's flashing an average or slightly above average change and has that sick curveball already. Like yeah, this feels like the you know, I'm going to get in trouble for overhyping this, but that's like the starting ingredients for prep starter destined for ace them. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, I do think it's a little too early to, you of know. Of course. But. <laughs> like, he like, hits middle-middle with the with the fastball a bit too much. Mm-hmm. The hand can be a little scattershot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Starting ingredients. Um, but you have, every, the, the repertoire is there, you know. Right. Like, he's, what, uh, maybe a 6-5 high and low end right now? It's reasonable. Now, it's hard like, to... Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of make comparisons because he is literally an 18-year-old throwing just out of high school, time. right? Growing to his body, grow, developing his repertoire still. But based what on more the does other, he need to grow. He looks like he's 40. Right. Well, <laughs> that is. I'm very... sorry. It's I'm like sorry. um, it's like you just expect guys to get stronger as they get older, you know? Like I could imagine him putting on or. You know, gaining a, a tick or two on the fastball, maybe not a lot, but like yeah. sitting maybe closer to 90, 95, 96 as he gets older, you know? Given given the profile, uh, 
does he pretty much jump over every other pitcher in the system? And is he the Mets' top pitching prospect? Yes. He's the third best prospect in the Mets' system. That's what I'm putting him at. Mm. Call him a shot here. I might so, have him second. I mean, I haven't really given too much thought yet. But, I mean, I think maybe not consensus, but I think general opinion is probably going to be that Mauricio is number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number two, I, I have. Yeah, that's I where it know. gets interesting. <laughs> it gets it gets hazy real fast. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say I've lost all faith and hope in Jimenez, but you know. it's not great. It's not great. He, he didn't have the year everybody was hoping him. No, you know. And like the swing changes they made didn't really work. Yep, he went backwards a little bit. I didn't realize what everybody was talking about, the swing change, until I saw it, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. he's uh, <laughs> great. You don't want to do that with players like him, but yet they did. <laughs> I'd probably have Alan second, honestly. I mean, it, it's probably an overreaction. It's probably very wrong, but I prefer upside over proximity. I, I would definitely have him above Batty, I think. Absolutely. 80. Yeah, definitely. I, yes. I think the only argument is, is he above Jimenez or not, right? Yeah, and, and then it's a matter of how much do you weigh the, the one bad season versus the long road Allen still has to go. and The risk involved. Right, he's a pitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Not, he's, a, he's a prep pitcher. Right. <laughs> I will say uh, a slight knock on Allen was, again, he's only throwing two innings at a time. He's an 18-year-old. But uh, in the game that I saw him with Ken, he came out first inning, sitting 95-94, had really nice arm side run. And then the next inning, it just it just flattened out. Like, uh, it, it, it dropped a tick or two. I think he was probably, he probably amped himself up too much or something. Because everything was just, it just, there was no run on the fastball. It just sat middle and like 93 and people just squared it up and just hit it. He had to work a lot harder in the regular season game than the yes. playoff game. Yeah, in the in the game that I saw, I think every fastball was a ninety five. And weirdly, actually, he went to the curve um, when he was um, down. When like people were on base, he actually ended up going to the curve instead of uh, sticking with the fastball. Which I I like because you know. Throw your best pitches more often, you know, and it, it's yeah. clearly his best offering right now. I think that that I mean that's just another example, I guess, of that he is a, a very mature pitcher, very mature baseball player. Given the fact that a he's cognizant enough to recognize if his fastball is flattening out a little bit, if he's not having the best command of it, then he can switch over to his curveball, which he does have. And obviously, the fact that. The, the Mets assigned him to Brooklyn, and it's not like he's just kind of riding the pine, just there to make a quick cameo. In, in yeah, that, I know. He's like, like a, they're a, relatively, a relatively big part of their playoff rotation. Yeah. And we all know Brooklyn must win. So. Right. <laughs> does, does Wolf go to Brooklyn next year, or does he jump I think Brooklyn? So. I think so. I, I think him that. and Santos are probably headed for Brooklyn. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Even even if it's only in two inning stretches, an eighteen year old looking good in that context is is encouraging. 
Yeah, right. I mean, you, S- SWR did the same thing in Kingsport last year. Right. You, you have players. It's the end of it's the end of a very long season for a lot of these guys. But mm-hmm. you know, you have college players that played in in decent to good conferences in, in schools. So yeah, he's basically pitching for like an SEC All Star team, basically. Like as an eighteen year old. Yeah, like yep. Mangum was an SEC performer. Duplantis right. was an SEC performer. Right, right, right. You know. I'm very. Oh. I think this is by far the most exciting pool of draft picks they've had in a very long time. So it's it's fun. I'm excited. You mean three draft picks? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of risk, but <laughs> once again, I'm trying to you know not just go to the bottom level uh, description of what I'm talking about immediately. But you're not wrong. Big bottom level description guy here. <laughs> I'm at, I'm actually in the middle of writing something about how the you know the, the draft picks that they have from this year. Obviously, I don't really think that anybody has of that grouping very high upside. I don't think that anyone in this grouping has major league upside. But in terms of at least performance and numbers, they really haven't performed much better or worse than all of the, you know, juniors and, and seniors that they've picked the last couple of years. So right. it's a solid group. I mean, you're not supposed to sign juniors and seniors no, whatever <laughs> you're supposed to sign good juniors the Mets well, not so much have done that grumble 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 <sighs> alright well noises uh, of frustration yep so do and does anyone have any I, last words here I guess I'll end it with this. Is um, Are we all pretty much in agreement that Allen's a better pitching prospect at this point than SWR was before he left the org? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you really? No, the, the, I still have K over him. That's, you still that have K over him. Over Allen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. Just because there's so, so yeah, much. Yeah, K's pitching in the big leagues. There's so much risk involved with an 18 year old prep pitcher making the majors. Like, like I like I do prefer the upside over the proximity, but at some point it, it does matter. And when you're when you're looking pretty decent in in AAA, even if you're only going to be a back end starter, like. Re, re, like Alan, Alan could blow at his elbow next year. Like, right. Exactly. You know. Realistically, he's already done that. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. Like I can understand if you prefer Allen, but like it comes down to your tolerance for risk. Right. I'll be honest. One of one of the one of the slight benefits to uh, Anthony K getting traded is I won't get drunken DMs from relatives. No more harassment by uh, certain. It wasn't harassment. It wasn't harassment. That's the funniest part. Uh huh. I, I've had interaction with relatives as well. Uh, today, so. <laughs> it's like my most famous tweet ever at this point. Was <laughs> uh, so. Is that why you're trying to stay away from a uh, base? No, level, really. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly, uh, like, look, I get everyone has advanced somewhere else on like the the risk versus proximity uh, vector there, but. <laughs> I mean, he looked good yesterday. He looked real good yesterday. I mean, he's going to pitch in the big leagues for a while. Like, yeah. That's, that's you know. Yeah, Toronto is a good place for him. Mm-hmm. He'll obviously so get he's the, always uh, had a good curve. Um, 
you know. He's if everything comes back like pre Tommy John, whatever the, the fastball is pretty good for a left hander. The curveball pretty good. The changeup, you know, it hasn't really looked that great as a as a minor leaguer this year. But in college, it was you know okay to pretty good. So give it what a was, decent three picks, Mitch. That's what was he sitting in the Toronto game? I can check real quick. I can't uh, check because I'm on my phone because my laptop got ruined in the famous pipe burst of Woodlawn. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. My apartment got flooded. That sucks. Does he not have a Brooks baseball page yet? What the fuck? Is it Tony K now? <laughs> Has he switched to his Is radio broadcaster to be, name? trying to be Ooh. more personable? Come on. Tony K in the morning? Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> Take that is definitely gonna friends. be. Let's see. He's definitely gonna be like a WFAN Long Island guy <laughs> later in his life. Anthony, so they don't have his stuff on Brooks Baseball yet, I guess. They <laughs> might have it on Statcast. Uh, Savant, yeah. Looks like four seamer, ninety three point seven. It's not bad. Yeah, change up eighty five point one, curve seventy eight point six. Curve has a slightly above average spin rate, fastball slightly above average spin rate. Not that that means all that much. Like he could very easily have like John Neese's career, and yeah. that'd be a pretty yeah, successful like, career for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it bears repeating since I'll, I'll we're put it this way. Talking. I, oh, go, go ahead, Steve. Uh, since I, I guess it bears repeating since we're talking about it, but like even though. Most of us were kind of down on K. I don't think that any of us said that he would ever suck necessarily. It was just a combination of where he was selected in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of the, you know, risks that came with that. Right. Oh, I'm putting all my chips down now that he sucks. I'm just going to take victory <laughs> laps now. <laughs> it was, it was, I'm taking victory laps. I got it on, I got it on audio it's, now. It's very... It's hard to, like, parse out criticism of a player from criticism of the team, and certain comments maybe didn't make that clear enough, but he's a he's a fine starter. He'll be, he'll be around for a while. Yeah, he's going to have a very long career. Listen, if he that if being in said, five I, I years think... Tony K is on WFAN, Tony... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Live think from Stony you... Brook. You think his brother calls in like he does a segment with him? <laughs> uh, hopefully he's, nobody no, he's listens to this. <laughs> hopefully nobody listens to this so I don't get yelled at. I, I don't think anybody does, once. so I think we're good. Good, good, good. <laughs> I already do enough hot takes on my fucking podcast. Oh, crap. My bad. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure about cursing. My bad. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to, but I know Lucas already dropped an F bomb before, so yeah, we uh, average like three a week. Okay. I'll play I'm by your make, rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make a chart at the end of the year. <laughs> Curse is right. above average. All right, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Allen good, Betty, hopefully good, and let's go Cyclones. Yep. Yep. Brooklyn Mitch. must win. Yep. Um, so if anyone has any questions or comments, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. I would much prefer 
emails that are actual legit emails as, as opposed to all of the spam that I've been getting recently. So I'll send you an email. Don't worry. Help me with that. I'll send you an email. Don't worry. Oh, okay, thank you. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at lvlahos343. Ken is at KenLevin91. And Liam is at Jeans Murphy. With the Z. With the Z. And you can subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. You can subscribe to Liam's podcast, Bad Guy Pod, too. And, uh, you know, rate, review, and thank you, everybody. And hopefully Brooklyn wins the championship, and we will be talking about that next week. So until then, love the Mets, love the Mets.